tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. It is a joy to be with you today. My name is Mike, one of the pastors here, and I was not here last week because I was over uh, speaking at our Los Alamitos branch but now back here and excited to be with you this morning. You know, the midterm elections are over, and as they are trying to figure out who the winners are, it's, isn't it taking a lot longer than normal, it seems like to me? Uh, but the results are still coming in, and those who were really into their candidate, their proposition, their party are either disappointed or elated. And that, in that, it re- reveals a truth. We, what we get into, are passionate about, affects us. Like with sports fans. Some people are a bit fanatical about their team. If you know of our intern, Jacob, he is really into all kinds of sports. By the way, did you know that the World Cup starts today? Uh, and, uh, uh, but he's really into the uh, 49ers, and, uh, and, and just ask him a question and you'll be there for hours. Justin, one of our pastors here uh, over at the Los Alamitos branch, he is into any sport from Washington State. And, uh, and that. so what are you into? What are you passionate about? What's that? Karate. Karate, yes. I went to Kempo Karate when I was younger. Uh, uh, what else? What, are you, what else are you passionate about? What's that? Gardening, absolutely. Any sports fanatics here? What team? What's that? Oh, USC. Oh, well, there's a little controversy going on with some of our leaders here with USC and UCLA. And I, I hear the game was, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I was with the grandkids. So what else? Anything else people are passionate about? What's that? The Steelers, of course. Christine, yes, of course. Uh, there's all kinds of things we love to get into things, hobbies, interests, where some people are foodies, activities. Uh, we love to get into things like cooking with a smoker. Oh, I love that. Uh, barbecuing, having a sports team, Disney, jumping into the Marvel universe, hiking, cruising, uh, exercising, working on old cars. Uh, do you know what the top hobbies and activities are of 2022? Well, according to Statista.com, it goes this in this order, and I'll just give the top few. Baking, cooking, number one. Reading, uh, Jocelyn just talked about that. Pets, and that's not spouses, it's pets. Uh, outdoor activities, which includes gardening. Uh, video gaming, arts and crafts. Those are the big top ones that are there. A lot of different things people get into. We as people love to get into things. And for the most of our part, it's fun. Uh, we learn something, it's a source of joy. Sometimes it benefits others. Like I, I've some, for some reason, I got into making ice cream. And you should have seen the look on my little granddaughter's face, Nehemiah, as I told her I made her very special own ice cream called Nia's Nifty Double Chocolate Fudge Ripple. Uh, she And she's just scooping that up and saying, Papa, this is the best ice cream I've ever had. And it's fun to do things like that. Or smoking meat benefits my family and my neighbors, not just the smell I share. 
But with that, there are hobbies that look good even on resumes. And some, like Mrs. Fields Cookies and Yankee Candle, turn out to be successful businesses. Some of you have heard the story of of Mrs. Fields Cookies. She was a a wife of a Silicon Valley executive. He was uh, very prosperous and did really well, and she didn't need to work outside the home, and so she started different hobbies, and one of the things she loved to do was bake and bake cookies. And so she made them for her family and her neighbors and her husband's work parties and all kinds of things like that. And people are going, oh, these are the great cookies. You ought to do something with that. So her husband said, here's some seed money. Go start a business. A million dollar business came from a hobby. Well, the same thing happened with Yankee Candle. Michael Kittredge, uh, was, uh, he was about 16 years old and he wanted to give a gift. And I can't remember if it was to his grandma or his mom, but he didn't really have much. All he had was a bunch of crayons. So he melted those down and made a candle. And it was popular. I mean, they, they, she loved the gift, but then also he did some for his neighbors and it's turned into now a billion dollar business. What we get into does have an influence on us. It's this sense of being into something, passionate about something that God encourages us to be into Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, a new has come. That phrase, in Christ, occurs some 75 different times in the New Testament. It's an important phrase. Galatians 3, 26 and 27 describe it further. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. To be in Christ is to follow him, to know him, to take on his character, to be like him in our unique way. Now, there's an article inside the uh, study guide today that that you can look up a link that talks a little bit more about being in Christ and encourage you to grab one of those study guides or in the uh, lobby area, turn left out these double doors and there's a couple tables over there. One's a resource table. If you're online, uh, look online. Uh, It's there as well and all of you can do that well. And through this uh, planted, rooted series that we've been going through, We've been learning rhythms that help us grow in faith, that help us live life God's way, that help us be into Jesus. For getting into and following Jesus equips us to flourish in faith and really in life. And now there's a word that describes what it means to get into Christ. And that word is found in John chapter 15, verses 1 to 17, where we find three ways to abide, that's the word, abide, and stay connected to Jesus. So I'd like for us to learn and discover these three ways and see how we might get even more into Jesus. But before we do, why don't you stand to your feet, let's pray, and let's ask God to challenge us this morning. I'm excited to be here with you and share God's word. Father God, thank you. Um, Thanks for the series, uh, planted series and that rooted devotional. God, I pray that you would encourage us and challenge us. Even today, as we talk about being connected, abiding in you, help us in that, God. Challenge us. Teach us what you want and maybe walk out of here learning something new from you, we pray in the name of Jesus, amen. You can have a seat and I encourage you to take out the outline you received when you walked in here. This outline is also available online or not. If, you're, if you don't like an outline or fill in the blanks, just get a blank piece of paper and start writing down some notes, but the, you can do that there. There's, like I mentioned before, the study guide is in the lobby area where we have all the answers to the fill in the blanks and all the extra verses that we use are on there, plus a number of questions many people used for personal Bible study and for also for our, our life groups. Our hope is that you would take this time in God's word as a launch pad 
for your own personal study. And you can look up these extra verses and go a little bit deeper. Uh, on their website, right at the main page there, there's some ways to connect and go deeper. Those articles I mentioned will be on there. And that's in the, it's also on the revived section of the webpage. And in there, there's a link to our podcast. We do much each week. And I want to encourage you with it. I also challenge you, if you haven't received one of the, the rooted devotionals, there's, we only have a handful left in the lobby. I'd encourage you to pick this up. Uh, so many of you have been through it. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity to keep going back to uh, every now and then walk through this. It's a daily devotional for a number of weeks. And if you're ever looking for something to study God's word on, you, use that every so often. We'll also be having a group that will go through this throughout the year as we go further. Well, the Gospel of John, which is the book that we'll be looking at today, at least a portion of that, is a unique account of Jesus's life, written by one of the closest disciples of Jesus, John, the son of Zebedee. It's unique in that it captures more of who Jesus is over what he did. Now, it also includes a lot of what he did, but it really focuses in on who Jesus is. In John's Gospel are the, the, the great I am statements that Jesus made about himself. He said, I am the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the good shepherd. And here in John 15, our text for this morning, he says, I am the true vine. So John tells us about Jesus here in this chapter in John 15. These are the last, some of the last teachings of Jesus before he ascended to heaven. John records Jesus's teaching on the importance of being connected, of abiding in Christ. Because he knew what the disciples and really all of us would go through and how vital that connection is with Jesus. And in this, uh, as, as, as is much of Jesus' teaching, Jesus uses a metaphor, a metaphor to help us not only understand, but visualize what it means to be connected to him. And that particular one Jesus gives is he talks about a grapevine. Jesus used a common understanding of tending for a grapevine. Now, I don't know how many of you have grapevines in your backyard. I have one. Uh, it, it's trunk pulls up and the, and the vines are kind of all twisted around, but out of the vines come branches. Now, what's interesting in this verse, this chapter really came alive to me when I started tending my own grapevine because a grapevine just goes all over the place. Uh, uh, branches shoot out in every which direction. At first, I didn't do anything. And they were all over. Some of them even grew right into the house, up the lattice and into the garage, into the attic. Some grew all over in the neighbor's yard. One time I pulled a, a branch out. It was like 30 feet into my neighbor's yard. Uh, and it needs to be tended. It needs to be tended because the object of the grapevine is to produce grapes. That's the idea. Now, with my grapevine, I, 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 this year I saw I got to eat one grape because I'm feeding all the critters in my neighborhood. Rats, uh, possums, uh, raccoons, squirrels, and a numerous number of birds that just decide, mm, there's Mike's grapes, I can't wait. And I find little seeds all over the place from that. So I'm happy to help in any way. But a grapevine needs tending. It needs tending and care and pruning so it will produce good fruit for the animals. But for us in faith, our good connection to Christ is, is, is to produce the fruit of good, good godly character. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, for the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That, that as we are connected with Christ, these good godly character pr are produced. And not only that, 
It's in doing this uh, building connected to Christ, we build these, uh, bring out these good fruits of good works. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ to do good works. Those good works are yes, to love our neighbor, to care about the poor and the sick, to help out, to share Jesus. All those things are in that. And so in light of these words, in John 15, 2, it says something very interesting. It's important to get the metaphor to really understand the verse. In, in 15, verse 2, it says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, there's a controversy over the word takes away. Some say it's to lop off. Because of the, a, a few verses down, you'll see later in verse 6, it talks about how branches are thrown into the fire. But those branches are never connected to the vine. These, these ones are already connected. So this was, can you lose your salvation? What is this? No, all the whole context of John says you cannot lose your salvation once you're connected in and you come to faith in Jesus or connected into that vine, you are connected and that connection is secure. And so the word take away can also mean lift up, which makes more sense in the context because as I've watched my grapevine grow, branches go down to the ground and they need to be lifted up to put, like I have a lattice in the backyard to put up onto that so they can produce that. It doesn't make sense for a vine dresser. To, I'm just going to lop that off. It doesn't make sense in the context because the, the truth is we need to be connected. So all the life-giving nutrients flow from the vine into the branches. We are the branches. He is the vine. The key word here is to abide. It means to live in, to remain in, to be connected to. And so John brings out Jesus' words here in this great visual to give us these three ways to abide and to stay connected to Jesus. For getting into and, to, and following Jesus equips us to flourish in faith and in life. Well, the first of these three ways to abide and to stay connected in Jesus is to be into Jesus. Just like being into a, a sport or an activity or a hobby to make the choice to be into Jesus. There's two ways we're gonna talk about to be into Jesus. The first is to be fearless in obedience to God's will and way. Let's look at the, hopefully you're already opened up to John 15. John 15 verses one to four, Jesus is talking. He says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, lifts up. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you have are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Already being clean is because they've come to faith in Jesus because the truth is we're born not clean, not clean spiritually. In other words, we're born sinful. We'll talk more about that in a moment, but that sin Originally, it's what we're born with. It's just part of our DNA keeps us away from a lot. It keeps us out of a close relationship with God. We can know of God, but not have that close personal relationship with him. It also keeps us from our main purpose in life, the purpose that God created us for. It holds us back from that and it will keep us out of heaven. Unfortunately, there's nothing we can do to connect ourselves to the vine, to, to, to make ourselves clean. We need a savior. We need someone to graft us in, to adopt us in. And those passages are used in Hebrews and in Ephesians about grafting and adopting in. And when we come to faith, that's another understanding that we're sinful, that we need a savior and that it's Jesus. And when we come to faith in him, that's how we get clean. 
And now it is to abide in Christ by fearlessly obeying God's will and way to remain connected and to live connected to Jesus. And that involves us obeying God's will and way. Look at verse 10 of John 15. If you keep my commandments, Jesus says, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept the Father's commandments and abide in his love. It's knowing what he wants of us and going for it. Like the good things we've been learning in this planted, rooted series. Things like loving God and loving others, serving and giving, being kind and caring to others, having fellowship connections with other brothers and sisters in Christ and being selfless. These are all part of God's will. And so we are to fearless, be fearless in obedience to God's will and way. The other one is, the next way to be into Jesus is to bravely follow Jesus. Look at verses five to nine or five to eight. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch that withers and a branch Branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned because they've never been connected. If you abide in me, connected to me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done to you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciple. Not abiding in Jesus is never coming to faith in him. And that's what verse six talks about. Another way to say abide, though, is to follow, to do what Jesus says. First John 2, 6, whoever says he abides in him, ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. In other words, doing what Jesus did. And now we need to do is look at the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and see the, the, how Jesus lived his life. And we're to do that, to follow him, to listen to God, and to follow his way, to love him and to love other people. Now, the reason I say fearlessly obey and bravely follow, because it's going to take courage. It's going to take courage to get into Jesus. And as you read the Bible, some 350 plus times, we are encouraged to fear not. For fear can grip us and hold us back from all the good things and ways God wants for us. So be brave. It's a choice, a choice to not let fear lead, but be brave and bold and daring and follow Jesus and do what he says. I love what Joshua 1.9 says. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Second <clears throat> Timothy 1.7, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. Uh, Proverbs, or excuse me, Psalms 34.4, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all of my fears. Psalm 27, verse one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? See, to live life God's way, to follow Jesus, to abide, to be connected to Jesus is gonna take some courage and boldness and grit I just, I think about our own church here. We could be busting at the seams with people if we would be bold enough to go out and to share with those around us. You have a golden opportunity to invite people to the Christmas tree lighting. Be bold, be brave, invite people. Let's fearlessly obey and bravely follow Jesus, being fully into him. For getting into Jesus and following Jesus equips us to flourish in faith and in life. 
Are you into Jesus? The next way to abide and to stay connected to Jesus is to avoid and confess sin. Look at verses nine through 11. As the father has loved me, so I have loved you, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abided in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. There is a great joy living within the bounds of God's will and way. And yet we mess up. Maybe you don't, but I do. Actually, I think we all do. Why don't you just make a little confession? I mess up, say it. Look at your neighbor next to you and say, I mess up. And don't say, I know. (laughs) But we do. We do things against God's will and way. That's called sin. It's missing the mark. By directly disobeying God, that's a sin of commission. Or sinning by not doing what God has asked us to do, that's a sin of omission. First John 3, 6, it's a little sobering. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or knows him. Keep on sinning means you care nothing about it. You're just going for it regardless of what happens. If we are truly abiding in Christ, we will not be casual about sin, thinking nothing of it, but we will be cognizant and deal with it. Therefore, it's important to be introspective. Psalm 139 gives us a great couple of verses to pray. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And if we're listening to God and desire to deal with our sin, God will bring it to our mind. And when he does, and when we feel the Holy Spirit's conviction, we're to confess it. Confession is simply agreeing with God that that particular thing is not what he wants. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confession takes repentance, turning around. I want to illustrate this. Uh, Doug, come on up here. You're an elder. Someone who's supposed to be like God. Come on. <clears throat> come over this way. This is Doug. Everybody say hi to Doug. Okay. So let's just say Doug, you're standing over here. Turn this way. There you go. Let's just say Doug is God. Don't let that go to your head. But it, Doug is God. Just stand and face me a little bit. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm living my life just, you know, how it is. And I get this inkling to, to turn towards God and to come to faith in him. I understand I'm sinful and need Savior and it's Jesus I realize that, I believe it, and I accept Christ in faith, that truth that I'm sinful and need a Savior and it's Jesus. And that's when I turn and I face God. <sighs> and, we, and, and we start this relationship together. And, and he tells me his will and I start doing it. He's given me the Bible to help me understand that. He's given me a church to help me grow in faith. And we're working along this wonderful relationship. Well, there comes a time in most believers' life where we start seeing a difference between God's will and the other way. And sometimes the other way seems really exciting. And and so we actually turn our back on God's way and decide to go my way. Put your hand on my shoulder there. The truth is, is that even in that, God does not leave us. The Bible is clear. 
He will never leave us or forsake us. Thank you, Doug. Uh, no, stay with it. Where is it? So when we walk into sin, guess who's coming with us? God. He's right there. And you know why I know he's right there? Because when we stop and finally realize and come to our senses, like the prodigal son, some of you know that story. He went away, came to his senses, and went back to his father. When we come to our senses and realize what we're doing is sin, we go, oh my gosh, this is wrong. And we do what's a biblical word that it's called repent. You know what that biblical word means? Turn around. We turn around, we face God and we say, I get it. That was wrong. And I understand it. So please forgive me. And what does he do? Every time. You're forgiven. Because the Bible just said it. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive, forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we have back to back that face or face to face that relationship with him. And it moves that way. So I want to do something. You can go back to your seat. Oh, thank thanks. You. thanks, God, Doug. Uh, stand up if you wouldn't mind. Stand up. I want to lead us in a time of confession. And I want to do the physical part of this. So I want you to stand up and I want you to turn and face the back wall. And I'm going to lead in a, in a, in a, a prayer of confession. And I'm going to pause in a moment. And I'm going to, if there is something that you need to confess to God, then do it. Not out loud, but in the quietness of your own mind. And then turn back around. If God doesn't bring anything to your mind, that's okay. Just thank the Lord for always forgiving your sin. So let me take this time to pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your incredible love. For the way you just don't just release us into our own sin and then walk away from us. You are with us always. And Lord, thank you that when we come to our senses and desire to turn around, you're right there. And so right now, God, in this moment, we wanna confess to you this issue. So take a moment, and when you've confessed that, turn physically around. And if there's nothing to confess, then just turn around saying, thank you, God, for always forgiving me and for always being there. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for the great forgiveness. It does not make sense to us. We don't deserve it. But yet, every time we confess, you receive us back with open arms and a great embrace. May we sense that each time. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat. We should be continually confessing, but also avoid sin, to learn from our mistakes and not do and not go where the Bible says not to go and not to do. We learn very quickly that if we stick our hand in the fire, we get burned. And so we learn not to do that. We need to learn to not stick our hand in the fire of gossip or lust or bitterness or laziness or selfishness and go on down the road of those things. See, to abide in Christ is to avoid and confess sin. For getting into and following Jesus equips us to flourish in faith and in life. Let's keep avoiding and confessing sin. One more way to abide and to stay connected to Jesus is to stay engaged with others. Look at verse 12 now to the end of our, of our passage, verse 17. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater 
Love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you to do. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So whatever you ask in my father's name, he will give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. We've talked much about the question, why is the church important? Not not the building, but the people, because we need each other. I need you and you need me. And we're part of God's body. If you want to study that further, write down Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and look into those. They both speak of that. But I love what um, Ecclesiastes says. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 to 12. Some of you have heard this quite a bit. Ecclesiastes, I believe, is written by Solomon. He is one of the wisest men that ever lived besides Jesus. And and the book of Ecclesiastes is walking through life saying, what's a waste of time? What's really important? Actually, the end of the book says that we should fearlessly follow God's will and way. It's the end of the last chapter. It's the whole duty of man. It's just to obey God and follow his commandments. But also in throughout the book, it talks about things that we should be doing that are good things. Chapter four, verse nine speaks of a good thing. It's that connection with each other. He says, two are better than one because they have a good reward of their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. How can one keep warm alone? And though a man may prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You know, one of my favorite illustrations of togetherness is, uh, is with charcoal briquettes. Anybody still... Uh, Anybody still cook with charcoal? None, two of you, three of you. I mean, I, there's just something about the, the smell of, starting to salivate here, something, the smell of charcoal. And it's just, mm, there's just something different about that, though I cook with gas and uh, smoke with wood pellets right now. But it's, it's, it's a wonderful reality. But I love it when you start the, the um, beginning of the charcoal fire, you put them all together and you put a, like a lot, a lot, of uh, lighter fluid on, light that thing, you know, and it's really a fun thing. And then they start to burn and they get all white and they're wonderful and they, they burn and you spread them out and you cook your, whatever you're cooking on that. But if you ever were to take one and set it aside, what happens to that one? It goes out just like that. What it needs, it needs all its friends to woo, kind of get all fired up with each other. And that's the idea when they rub against each other, when they're together, they, they, they help each other's fire and they burn brightly. Well, it's that same thing with us. We need each other for that reason. We need to connect and interact and engage with fellow believers. That's one of the main reasons we push life groups so hard here, these small groups, because it gets you woo, rubbing shoulders with other people. And as you see them grow, you are inspired to grow. As you see them deal with their trouble, you are encouraged to deal with trouble. You come together, you're loved and you're cared about. And wow, woo, man, it just grows. The service team is like that as well. It's to make time and to take time to engage each other. There's a difference between connecting and interacting and engagement. Connecting is just saying, hi. Uh, interacting is having a little quick conversation. Engagement, mm, that's the deep stuff of life. 
That's where you talk about your hurts, your, your struggles, your dreams, all those deeper things of life. And you can really rub together and see that fire burn brighter. It's to learn from each other, to help each other, to care for each other. We get all fired up, burning bright for the Lord. Man, our world needs to see community like that, fellowship and engagement like that. And so do each one of us. For getting into and following Jesus equips us to flourish in faith and in life. Let's stay engaged with each other and mm, let that fire burn. Getting into something is definitely fun. It may even turn out to be something amazing. Getting into Jesus, abiding in him, remaining in him, being connected to him is life-changing and life-giving. How do we stay connected to Christ? Well, to be into Jesus, fearless in obedience, brave in following Jesus, but also to avoid and confess sin and then to stay connected to others because getting into Jesus and following Jesus equips us to flourish in faith and in life. Let us abide in Christ. Will you pray with me? Father God, as we uh, conclude this uh, wonderful series, speaking of uh, being planted and rooted in you, God, thank you that you provide so many great examples and all the biblical characters and people we looked at over this series. And then giving us a great illustration, this grapevine of us as branches being connected into you, Jesus, and letting that life energy flow into us to produce the fruit of good character and good works and all the things and purposes you want us to get into, God. Be part of that. So God, help us in that. Help us to abide well into you. And help us to, to know and remain in you. Help us to do that this week, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.